Flossie, what's the first thing you remember? No. It's no good. It was a long time ago. No, you don't you don't take my meaning. Um what's the first thing you remember after all the things you've forgotten? Oh hang on, let me think. Oh bother, I've forgotten the question. This sounds awfully philosophical. I was just asking Flossie about the mug, the show, you know, the whole hunting thing. Uh, why? Well, there must have been a moment at the beginning where we could have said no, but somehow we missed it. I don't remember either. I suppose you're right. So why are we all here, I mean? Now who's getting philosophical? It's for the mug. I'm sure the answer is for the mug. There's got to be more to it than that. What's about love? I mean, in the healthy PWP meaning of the word, not the furtive under the blankets or having a knee trembler in the Park at O'Connor kind. We're more of the love mugs and rhetoric school. Well, we can do you mugs and love without the rhetoric, and we can do you mugs and rhetoric without the love, and we can do you all three concurrent or consecutive. But we can't give you love and rhetoric without the mugs. Mugs are compulsory. They're all mugs, you see. Is that what people want? It's what we do. Hang on, let's go back a bit. Lou, what do you mean about the park? Uh, um, hypothetical, dearest. Purely hypothetical. Have you seen the time? Who's going first this week? I, I've got no idea. Uh, game, OK, let's flip a coin. OK, Heads. Heads it is. You go first this week. Our mics are live. <laughs> okay. Coin time. Who's next? I'm game. <laughs> We'd heard. Okay, okay. It's between you two. Uh, heads. Heads it is. You're second, Mia. And now it's you two. Uh, Wilma versus Chicks. Chicks, heads or tails? Tails. Heads it is. Wilma's up third. Hang on. Let me look at that coin. It's a perfectly normal coin. No, it isn't. Look. It's got Alvin on one side and Alvin on the other. Ah, but this side has floppy ears and that side has his tail. Flip it again. Heads. Yep, heads it is. Norma, you're up last. I've never known anything like it. He's never known anything like it. But then he's never known anything to write home about. So this is nothing to write home about. I'm not sure you all understand the gravity of the situation. It's all very, very strange, right? OK, then Harry, then me, then Mia, then Wilma, then Chicks, then Lou, and finally, Norma. Bother. Drop the coin. Heads! 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 Heads. Heads. Barnard Star Crime Wave shows no sign of stopping. Multitude in servitude after carrier, carry off, carry on. 
PS4 and planetary prohibition permit problem. Denial isn't in Egypt. Apparently, it's in the Empire. Dastardly Don in station manipulation inflation. I've got my eye on you truckers and what you're not doing right. I'm keeping an eye on what everyone else is up to. And finally, bite-sized bulletins from across the galaxy. Hutton space is normally a quiet place. Conflicts are rare, disasters are few and far between, and things are usually, unless you ask Lou, unlike Colonia in that there's very little going on. Long gone are the times when the BGS team battle day in and day out to keep Hutton out of trouble, keeping influence from plummeting in a never-ending cascade of minus numbers. Then, there's Barnard Star. Home of the Barnard Star Dockers, a refinery system of 1.2 million souls, 15 planets, 6 stations and 7 factions, including Hutton. There's something wrong with Barnard. Whether it's something in the water or the colour of the light in the system affecting people's brains, but they just love a conflict. Crime statistics are at unprecedented levels. Every street corner has an urchin on it waiting to lift your wallet or pick your pocket. Fagins are lurking in every dark corner, sending their millions out to bring in the riches. Civil unrest is rife, and not even the most dread of lawkeepers is making a dent in it. Our very own Taran has been hard at work as a bounty hunter, hauling ne'er-do-wells clapped in irons to the local jails which are filled to bursting. Even the other factions want a piece of the action, declaring a war over the silliest things from perceived and imaginary insults to stealing each other's parking spaces, who has the largest faction management offices to scurrilous claims that they invented the hunt and mug and they'll fight anyone who disagrees. The solution? Taran and the Hutton BGS team need a hand. We need to bring the law to Bernard Star, Hutton style. We need to tattoo the mantra, be excellent to each other on the ships of transgressors using beam lasers. It, of course, could be a previously unknown side effect of a particularly nasty strain of mods, that's Mug Ownership Deficiency Syndrome, a debilitating condition that masquerades as everything from space mumps to feeling a bit iffy, and everything in between, and only cured by swift application of a Hutton mug. Truckers, our systems need you. Bring mugs, bring the law, and most of all, bring peace to Barnard Star. Indentured servitude is normally the province of the Empire, or Alvin, but this week galactic news outlets have been rife with accusations of exploitation of unsuspecting commanders who found themselves in a sticky spot. Unwitting pilots have been lured aboard waiting fleet carriers, tempted by promises of rescue, of trips to sea, sights of the galaxy, of riches that await in distant rings and of wonders, only to find that on arrival, 
The outfitting is closed, there are no fuel scoops available, and the only way home again is to mine and deliver thousands of tons of valuables to the ship's owner to pay back their board and lodgings, the fuel costs, and of course exorbitant interest charges. Unwilling to admit in public that they've been hoodwinked, duped, and had the wool thoroughly pulled down over their eyes, they've gone out day after day to mine for their new owner, who cracks the whip at every opportunity for just one more shipload of gold, a handful more void opals, that extra bit of palladium or painite. Many have tried to escape, jumping as far as their fuel tanks allow before calling for help from the fuel rats to get them home, or appealing to a passing hut and trucker and their fleet carrier by sticking a space thumb out or flashing a little bit of ankle. The rescued pilots have been found dishevelled, wide-eyed and crazy, their dreams interrupted by the sounds of a mining laser or imaginary deep-core detonations startling them awake. They gibber and drool. They devour fresh food as if they've never seen it before, having lived on meagre carrier-recycled waste burgers for the last month. Warnings have been pasted on the station bulletin boards throughout the Pilots' Federation training systems and across all good news outlets. Don't accept lifts from strangers. Never head out into the dark without your trusty fuel scoop and an exit plan. And if someone makes you an offer that looks too good to be true, as with the free anaconda, it most definitely is. Recently, commanders who fly using the PS4 flight control system have become suspicious that something is going on, but no one will tell them what it is. They have had their horizons curtailed, they have been barred from landing on any planet, their fighter bays have a no-entry sign, and their SRVs are stuck in the hangar on piles of bricks. Perhaps the whole galaxy thinks it's their birthday and that they must be kept out of the way while a huge party is being organised. Maybe those rumours about how jealously Hotbox members guard their own corner of the elite dangerous galaxy are true after all. All the PS4 pilots know is that they are limited to remaining in their ships, staring down from orbit and imagining all of the fun that's going on, and the humorous blue child's drawing of a spaceship that they used to see in the system map next to Landwell planets has vanished, as if in a dream. The Pilots' Federation has remained tight-lipped about the problem, but when pressed, they said something about the man with the passport having gone home for the weekend, or the wrong colour of cosmic rays, and they even tried to suggest that for the PS4 commanders, the recent permits to land on planets for all commanders may have been paid for with Leprechaun's gold, which has since disappeared, so the permits have had to be rescinded. Personally, we suspect that this may not be entirely true, and that someone's frantically running around the offices of the Pilots' Federation shouting, I don't know! I haven't changed anything! For now, if you know of a lonely PS4 pilot, for the moment all you can do is send them your best wishes and offer a sympathetic ear. After all, reverse from the rest of us. We have received a communique from the office of Imperial Senator Carl Nerva regarding our request for information that we sent regarding the status of the outpost Serene Harbour. <clears throat> From the office of, never you mind who this is, we don't exist and we wouldn't tell you anyway, regarding your request for information regarding Serene Harbour. We can neither confirm or deny 
that we may or may not have ever heard of this facility, which definitely would not in any case reside on a planet that certainly does not exist in the RCRA sector, AF-AD42 system, because we have never heard of it. We do not recognize any fake logs which certainly do not exist and in any case are being circulated by very nasty people. And this Captain DeLuca that you mentioned has never worked for us. He is a bad person who does not exist because he is dead and he always has been. I'll tell you, I'm a great spokesperson and I have given many, many briefings which have given great information, just great, great information. And I did not use the name Captain DeLuca just now because, quite frankly, the bad news people made him up and tried to use him against me. And the fake news pictures of this serene harbour and all the fake bodies cannot be associated with us. This is a false flag operation. All of this was created by our enemies and we deny that any records are missing from the Imperial Intelligence personnel files. Especially not for the location Serene Harbour. And you didn't read this. Go away. There has been a public outcry in recent days after a number of systems have seen their supply and demand figures vary wildly and prices being offered for goods reaching astronomical levels. For years, members of the Pilots' Federation have bemoaned the relatively unchanging galactic shopping trolley that is the commodity market, affected only by local political situations, there has been little movement in the markets. Station bosses, and some say even the Pilots' Federation themselves, have been lining their pockets at the expense of Joe Pilot. One enterprising businessman, the dastardly Don Antonacci of Wolf 539, a 359, sorry, has taken it upon himself to Robin Hood his way into forcing price changes by quite literally buying everything a station has to offer. By Robin Hood, and this from bitter experience in dealings with the Dudley Doobad, that is the dastardly Don, we mean he's stealing from the rich to give to himself. He's bought the lot, the bogroll stockpile that's there in case of panic buying during outbreak, all of the cockpit graphics cards, the chintz, anujima flips, the watsits and the diddly doodars. The gold and the food and the clothes, every single scrap, and loaded it into a fleet of waiting probably stolen, fleet carriers. As a result, prices have gone through the roof. Demand is so high that people are paying outrageous fees for just about everything, and inflation looks like a terrified giant pufferfish from the aquarium at O'Connor when he realises that Van Tiern just launched himself in a dive bomb at the tank. That's not how it works, commented the Pilots' Federation. We're the only ones allowed to nerf and buff at will. The Don, meanwhile, is wondering what to do with 10,000 tonnes of performance enhancers, more cake than one person can eat at a single sitting, and an awfully large collection of puppies. To expand or not to expand, that is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to obey the instructions of our fluffy leader, or to take it upon ourselves to ignore his sage advice and, by opposing, gain a new system. To rest, to expand no more, and by a rest to say we end the heartache and the never-ending missions that Lael is heir to. Oh, enough of that, bollocks. I don't enjoy this, you know, moaning at you week after week. 
It's not very difficult. Aim for 50%. Do not go below 40%. Do not go above 60%. Do not expand. Do not collect additional systems. This week, if you're not on the fleet carrier of random direction, please, please, boost Wise, Kokeri and Barnard's Castle. Star, I mean star. You see what I did there? Drop Van Marn and Star and Haghole. Then, take a look at the influence list and try and nudge every system as close to 50% as possible. It can't be that difficult. Baz is managing to do it and he's not even been flying for the last few weeks. Oh, and win the election in tier if you're in Colonia. Or lose it. I don't know, it's been a long week. Hanky will tell you, probably, if he's not been eaten by a snake. Norma, just get me out of here, please. Time now for our roundup of news from community-led events. Please remember to let us know of any that you know are coming up so we can feature them in future shows. Commander Radium thanks the truckers for our interest in the Titan Contractors' recent expedition and sends this report. Titan Contractors had completed their third expedition trip, codenamed Trip Sigma. Our shortest trip yet, being only 14 days long, allowed new and old players to visit some beautiful sights around the bubble. While not much was visited, the feedback garnered from Sigma will be very important in creating our next event, so we're excited to see what the future holds for our next trip. As reported last week, the Elite Racers were holding around seven of their Scarab Mastery events, and this Saturday, the 6th of February, will be the eighth and final event of this two-month series. Commanders Fat Haggard and Black Maze sent this report. We saw Commander Shea Blackwood make some strong moves on Commander Osashes, positioned for the top spot, but Osashes is holding his first place position for now going into the final event. Who will be the winner of this two month long championship? You can find out by tuning into the Frontier Developments live stream hosted by Commander Black Maze on the 6th. The SMC, as it is abbreviated, challenges races to prove their mastery of the Scarab SRV by jumping canyons climbing buildings and flying their scarabs across extreme terrains. Details are at bit.ly Elite Races Discord. At the other event at Fisher Terminal, Fat Haggard, Fat Haggard reports, Commander Arksand earned his second course champion title, now champion at both Coato Canyon as well as Fisher Terminal. These accomplishments owed in large part to the great deal of practice he put in on the courses and practice pays off. Behind him were Commanders Black Maze, Osashes, Toolhead and Deftin. Deftin made his final return in several years after being part of the founding group that started Elise Races in or about 3301. You may recall that we talked about the FT- FTM Isfahan, Eros Maidlung's Mega Gin Ramble, and his plan to let a public vote decide where his fleet carrier be sent. What we call the Boaty McBoatface way of plotting a route. 
It appears that this first stage is likely to go as well as we expected, and tomorrow's takeoff is likely to have such a low amount of planning that we quite expect it to disappear into a new dimension and only return when the universe reaches heat death. Eros does, however, see it slightly differently. So here's his view on the matter. The date is the 30th of January, 3307. Well, it's the second report within a week. The votes are in, I'm told. So let's see where we're going. I've used this keyboard here uh, to put in some information into the black box, which is under the seat, and I hit go. So what do we have? We have a fairly short roll on the range, only 2,100 light years, but most of the votes were in a downward direction, averaged with the rest. We'll be going in a south-southwest direction at a downward angle of 30 degrees. I'll open up the map here and see if that lands us in the middle of nowhere. Okay, I'm just going to figure out the coordinate system. It's uh, X, Z, Y, which always confuses me. And we're going to find a system around negative 360, negative 1000, negative 1800, roughly. So what do we find? Great. Okay, absolutely nothing. <laughs> Already this exploration trip has given me a deep sense of foreboding. Uh, Let's pan around and uh, remember this is supposed to be guidance, not a pinpoint process. Um, Alright, this system looks okay, I guess. That's Orchost ZY-R-D4-0. Uh, the only lucky part being that this sounds like something you can actually say. Oh, and it's a G-Class. We must be right at the bottom of the galaxy, something I hoped my jump range limiting of 1 over X-curve might take care of. Obviously, I'm greatly mistaken. Well, that's the target. Let's bookmark it for later. If the system proves to be a huge hindrance, uh, we may have to do an, an adjustment jump uh, to somewhere less in the middle of nowhere to help our onboard pilots not feel totally lost. That, and I'll stand a better chance of not getting stabbed with a repurposed mug in the mess hall. The off date will still probably be the 5th of February, somewhere between 2200 and 23, uh, most likely. We still have a bile to open as far as I'm aware, though I took the opportunity to get some tritium stocked up already. So, get the ships on board, follow the mug. Where it goes next, only time will tell. Each move is dictated by the previous one. That is the meaning of order. And finally, bite-sized bulletins from across the galaxy. Sometime driver of Bazzi's banter bus and all-round good egg, Commander Kinrain has reached a significant milestone in his reboot repair efforts. Despite being laid low by circumstance and having had an insulting virus added to his injury, Special Effects Always Smiling Ambassador has, after some months, finally managed to escape Nerth's Wyeth's clutches and crutches, and tomorrow morning will finally be heading to his home station with Ali, his co-pilot. Assuming the silly bugger doesn't do a piercing in the meantime and break something. 
Kin Rain still has a long road ahead of him and there are still a lot of internal repairs to be effected, but he'll be in lockup, not lockdown, and we understand that he's been missing exotic cuisine from around the world and will be celebrate celebrating with a bacon butty and HP sauce. Two rare and delicious food items that don't need to be covered by the Galnet Food Digest. Commander! I... Ow! Commander, I can do it one second faster, Hardy. And before you ask, we do think that nickname comes from his flying, not any personal activity. Has this week finally been inoculated against mods? His silver Hutton mug, earned by being the same thing over and over and expect a different outcome, is still our fastest pilot on the Hutton run. We managed to pry the mug out of the claws of one psycho cow of Upper Glasgow, along with a second example of the galaxy's most sought-after drinking vessel since Cecil held an open bar on his purple python, which has been delivered to Commander Chicks, a spinster of this parish, in recognition of him having nothing better to do for 18 months than sit out in the depths of the galaxy, scanning planets whilst we were back here fighting Thargoids and generally having fun. Amid of Slough, or as we like to think of her, Kate Russell, or at least a pirate that bears her name, has a price on her head in Colonia. If you see the owner of the anaconda named the Saucy Ferret out in the galaxy, please make sure it's the right one before you try to complete your assassination mission. You're looking for the buccaneer with the bucking nose under the bucking hat. Sorry, I'll get my remlock. Absolutely seamless. With the pilot of the Red Planet Taxi Service ship, Registration Red 4, please remove your hauler from the medium pad. Right, yes, sorry. <clears throat> that, that was just yeah, a, a random announcement coming through on the stereo as well. Well, we're joined in the studio this evening by a, a motley crew, you know, to broadcast or not to broadcast. Um, but we, we, did, we did have that. You may notice a little bit of a theme this evening, and all will become clear when we get to the Galnet Food Digest. It's it's all part of the temptation to make you listen to the entire show and not just the bit that we fluffed up at the start. So we have, walking down the list, uh, we have Commander Palantir, also known as Harry Bolsack. Yeah, I've put on my motley. You've put on your motley. Yeah, are you a rude yes. mechanical? Uh, yes. I'm, I'm rude, and, 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 and I'm famed for my bottom. You are. Oh, right. It's just, I have heard about your bottom and uh, how marvellous it is. Um, we, we're also joined by Amelia, also known as Wilma Fingerdo from the News. And I am Motley. You are, you're not in Motley, you are Motley. Yes. And on the crew. Yes. Oh, so you're, you're not an excellent omnes, you know, pursued by a bear or anything. Um, she's well, in the so-so two-two solid crew. <laughs> Thor, <laughs> melt and resolve into a dew. We also have the apology officer, who's going to have lots and lots and lots on my behalf to apologise for sometime in the near future, I'm sure. I think I've got my head stuck in the sleeve of my motley. <laughs> oh, well, I'm just imagining Mr Claypole going on now. You're sort of crouching on a chair somewhere with a, one of those little ones with a, with, a, with a head on at the end of it and some bells. What was what was what was the name, the name of the lady there? It was Mrs Popoff, wasn't it? And, and talk, talking of popping off, um, come on, chicks. Good Are you there? Are you are you still back or have you popped off? I'm. Oh, so you said you didn't say Motley, did you? you said Motley. <laughs> no, I'm back. You don't I'm get back. a medal for I'm that back. one. No. <laughs> but and you're back. You're you're still in the bubble at the moment. 
I never left. I've been, I've been. What did you did? You went exploring for about a million years to get fifty five thousand well, Earth like worlds or something. Yeah. No, I've been uh, orbitally bombing Barnard's star with tobacco this week and relieving outbreak in. What was it? Epsilon in, Indy. Any particular kind? You know, the kind they use in Kamitra cigars or. Uh, well, I thought of renaming my fleet carrier Old Holborn or Golden Virginia. Oh no, that stuff's really extinct in the galaxy. I'm sure. I'm sure it is. Sure, they grow it somewhere. Yeah, well, like, dead meat prefers ready rubbed. <laughs> he <laughs> would. <Right. laughs> or shag. There's, no, there's some crumb silver fish, maybe, or you know, a little bit of Luke and onion head in there, or mm. old Toby. Yeah, Yasso condite leaf. Oh, anyway. Um, so, so yeah, you've, you've been over at Barnard Star, uh, assisting over there somewhere, and mm, missions, killing people. Yeah, just helping out, because it's all a bit of a mess over there at the moment. Uh, talking of uh, BGS being in a bit of a mess, Commander Deadmeat. Good evening. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the news wasn't lying, was it, about Barnard Star? I mean, there's something really funny going on there. Yes, yes, we're working. It, it's, I mean, it's a tricky place to move, um, as we found out in the very protracted... <laughs> the long, long, long days of, yes. But, uh, but yes, it's it's it plummeted for, for a, no reason all of a sudden, and... Now we're working very hard to stabilise it. Yes, because obviously at first we thought we were under attack by somebody, but then they didn't do very well and they've plummeted. But then it's all gone a bit... I don't know, there's just sort of some shenanigans going on there. We can't put a finger on why. It's just wrong. I mean, Barnard style... Yeah. There's something appropriate about Barnard style, having listened to Dockers about it being totally wrong, but, you know, in, the, no, in a there right was, there was a ten, There was a 10% drop, and that, that is not unheard of, but it is extremely unusual. It is, yeah. Um, but but other than that, I mean, obviously, the, the classic what does it all mean kind of question. Yeah, they like keep everything at 50. I think, what was it, Van Manenstar's gone into overdrive at the moment. They, I think Team Hotbox have been at the the, the happy source a bit over in uh, O'Connor. I think Hotbox have been a bit over-exuberant, uh, giggling at the, 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 the problems that PS4 are having. Um and overdone it a bit in party in Van Marlen style. That's, that's as as named as one, two, three, four, we declare thumb wars or something like that, isn't it? Oh, that kind of thing, yes. Yeah. Um, but the, but then, yeah, there's a couple low, a couple high. And then over, we've, we've had a bit of a mission going on on behalf of our friends from the uh, Guardians of Tranquility, the, the Guardians of the Tarak Spice, I think. Yes. Um, where there was a group that was trying to be mean to them and then they got beaten down, but they're not they're not dropping quite as fast as we'd like. But I think between all the Hutton commanders lending a hand in Chankun, um, they've opened up about a 30% gap now, which is definitely heading in the right direction and thank you very much to all the commanders who've been lending a bit of a hand on that one um that yeah the, the angels of death that nasty biker gang are down on 24 Meow. whereas the guardians Meow. tranquility on 51 and we've got the independent chank and future have managed to get up to 10 so um i think i think the mission that is at the moment help the future and don't let the biker yes. gang do bad things exactly yes yeah yeah it's uh it does yeah, and, you should, and as, you as you can see, they've they've hit the golden target of fifty percent. Yes, yes, they have. Obviously, and, and, if, if you're under direct attack, it's fine to go above that. But unless you are, fifty <laughs> percent is nice because the the other six then have to share the rest of the influence. It's very hard for someone to get to you. Yep, and and obviously, if anybody is trying to work out, you know, what systems in the middle of the week, let's say they've heard the show on a Thursday, didn't pay any attention, want to find out in the middle of the week what to do, where do they go to find out what to do, and and what can they read that tells them? They can go to hot.forthemug.com. 
where right. you can find out everything, Hutton, and the the list of influences is is it's there, it's front and centre. It's on the left hand right side of the page. Yeah, yes. and yeah, front and, and centre is the wrong phrase, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, and if you look down the numbers, you'll see you know forty five, forty six, thirty five, and when it says thirty five, that's when you panic and do something. You see. And that would be Barnard yes. Star. And then 40, 46, 51. Those are all good. 68. Ooh, down. Get it down. Yep, yep. Uh, 40, 50, if they're at 68, pull them down quick. Yeah, 68 in the hag hole. Yes. Yeah, yep, the, too high you, in the hag you hole. Want is, to put, you want to yep. pull them down in the hag hole. That's, yes. <laughs> yep. Um, and then obviously 52 in, in the home of the banter bus, which uh, it's about perfect, that, isn't it? Borderline perfect, yeah. Yeah. Now, Carcinari says 8.7. That is the exception because we don't want to be there. No, we're trying to leave, but we're not doing very well at leaving because we're in second place at eight point seven, I think, just about. Yeah, um, this is the problem. We've got co- a lot co- of people. Cocarry and cockery, whichever one you prefer calling it, thirty-one. Yeah, the, the the cock needs a bit of a pumping. Yep, need to pump up the cockery. Uh, Fifty-seven and LHS three forty. Oh, naughty step! You're getting a bit close. LP two forty-five. Fifty. That's only one person entering that does that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, LP five two five fifty seven million yeah, not too bad but on the on the down uh, LP five thirty two is fifty two Luton one forty five sixty two percent yes obviously uh, someone's lockdown's been lifted and they've all gone to Luton Airport and boosted it yep and then forty eight in Narnia forty four in Piss Flaps uh, Ross six seventy one fifty five same for Stein Stein twenty fifty one Treppins at fifty Wise oh eight five five oh seven one four is that our second oldest system I think it might be that one that is yes that was our first expansion um, but that's just recovering from infrastructure failure so that explains the drop it should go back up quite well four percent overnight so it should go up quite quickly uh the wolves are all all right well wolf 124 63 bit high but the other two yes. wolves 1481 25 are in the 40s the 359s are the 40s and then van moaning star 73 yes. <laughs> it's just just peaked and dropped a tiny tiny bit but it will only take a few rampant hot boxes on the beer to nudge it back into expansion state yeah and obviously we don't want expansions because obviously it's really really saturated around us with other people and we expand and then we have a fight and then we have to apologize and send in the apology officer and say really sorry didn't mean to we'll leave quietly that kind of thing so um yeah i mean there are a couple of systems that haven't got anybody in near us but not that many yes yeah and also you know, we've got 25 systems and we have other things to do. They, they take <laughs> exactly. a good deal of looking after and we want to be off on fleet carriers that are flying around at random and helping other factions and doing mining CGs and all those exciting things that we can do. And if we've got to manage the BGS all the time, that makes it a little bit less fun. Absolutely. Well, we are talking of other things to do. Hello, Flossie. Hello. Uh, obviously, you've brought us up to date with the other things to do in the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> so the Titan contractors, I mean, that's an all done. That's like, you don't, we don't need anybody to take part in that. That's just sort of a wash up kind of, kind of chat. Yeah. Trip Signal. Yeah. Only 14 days long, but I'm sure they will be doing something again fairly soon. The elite racers, as ever, it's, it, it's more a case of, we could report every single week, elite racers are doing stuff, just about, couldn't we? <laughs> yeah. And here's their Discord. But if you've not been racing with that team, then it is really, really good fun. They're also talking about some of the stuff they're going to be doing in Odyssey as well, which might end up being foot races, you never know, or, or um, triathlons. Yeah, could be interesting. You're shipping your SRV and on foot. So there's lots of debate at that end. As soon as we get our hands on the, the alpha side of things as to what can we do that's a fun race when you can walk around. You know, run those big, big, big circular planetary bases. You know, how fast can you run around one of those? 
<laughs> yeah, that'd be uh, interesting. <laughs> Probably and, and of course, really. yeah, we, we've got the FTM Isfahan, Dr. Maidlung's, yes. Professor Maidlung's Megajin Ramble. I, I mean, obviously, some of you may have heard it, some of you may have not, but basically he did a vote, didn't he, where everybody said, where do you want to go? And Hutton yeah. Trucker said, down, I think. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, down. Yeah, so so everybody's going down, and um, he's taking it on a mission. You can always go and catch up with it, um, or if you're not on board already, you can always go and catch up. And they are going to be doing more of them afterwards, I think, aren't they, as well? So once they finish that mission, he's going to roll the dice again, flip the coin. Yep. You know. I think after tonight, so he's moved away from coins. He has, has he? Possibly. Um, yeah, and, and going elsewhere. But uh, have you got new CG news for us tonight? Yes, we have a new CG tonight, or today. Excellent. Well, I think I've got... Now, you see, I'm, I'm, I've just doomed myself. I was going to say, I think I've got all the sound effects lined up for you. But then again, right. you, you never know. It might, it, it might just sound like this. Constantly. <laughs> Stop it! Yeah. yeah. Um, so but does anybody have anything else on the, the bantery kind of news? Was I mean, you know... Was there anything else we missed from today, or should we move along? And I'll hand over to uh, to Lou. Any, anything else before we go? No, nope. nope. Excellent. Move along. Yep. Move along. According to short customs, there ain't no party like a hot box party. Well, I don't want to know what one of those I is. Think that, I think that's by law. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. In, in which case, um, Mr. Deadmeat GF. Yes. Would you Would you like to? Um, Take us into the well, next bit. Well, yes, I, I, I suppose we should decide who gets to read the Galnet news. Botherspoon or Beetlejude? Um, oh, Peter's got his mouth full of something. I'll call for him. Uh, Tails. Well, look at that. Heads. News Digest, 4th of February, 3307. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, the Empire has nothing to say. Naughty bots provoke pledge. The Darwin of the Empyrean Straits. One in the eye for the Cyclops. The Thargoids at home. The Empire has nothing to say. <laughs> the Empire has denied once again that it has an unauthorised prison camp or that a band of dangerous NMLA terrorists have escaped from it. They also denied that there was any risk whatsoever of any other starports being bombed. Speaking by Holovid Link, Senator Benedetti also stonewalled on a number of other questions from reporters. When asked whether the Empire was planning to invade the Federation, he replied, uh, We have nothing to announce on that at the moment. When asked if Princess Ashling's hair colour was natural blue, he replied with a dead ball. Um, we've nothing to notes. He was asked what Emperor Arisi Lavinia Duval was planning to have for her afternoon tipple. Uh, no, uh, we've got nothing to notes. Finally, he was asked whether any Imperial senators planned to hold a press conference on a Thargoid mothership and whether or not they would have anything interesting to tell us in such a situation. Um, we've got nothing to announce on any Thargoid ships. 
the senator then tried to demonstrate how a one-legged haggis hops around a hill using an antique whiteboard from the Museum of Earth Artifacts as a visual aid before signing off with a cheery Theta 7 Commanders. Naughty bots provoke pledge. Allegations of ships flown by artificial intelligence have surfaced again. These ships fly 24 hours a day in predetermined flight patterns, trading, fighting, doing the same thing as commanders, but they're ghost ships with no one on board. This has incensed a group of commanders so much that they have written an open letter to the Pilots' Federation. This open letter takes the form of a pledge not to use bots or to benefit from bots and to report any suspected bots to the Pilots' Federation, something that will no doubt come as welcome news to the overworked support staff of that organisation. The signatories call this the Anti-Botting Agreement, or ABBA, and they hope that it will prove to be the Waterloo <laughs> for the shadowy figures behind those devious bots. And Galnet News Digest can reveal exclusively how to identify which ships are being flown by bots. It's really simple. Look at your radar. The solid squares are the bots. The Darwin of the Empyrean Straits. On Wednesday morning, Commander Scoplix. Is that Scoop LX or Scoop L or Scoopilks or Spilks or Commander Scopelks? Scopelks or Scopelks, I wonder. Discovered a wonderful new thing, a species previously unknown to humankind. Whilst out exploring the extreme eastern end of the Empyrean Straits, the lucky commander managed to get the first ever sighting of Blatium octahedral pods. In a notable stellar phenomenon, in the Eol Auzi UT Z D13 33-8 system. Scientists from Canon, who have studied the distribution of phenomena throughout the galaxy, believe there may be as many as three more uncovered life forms in the Eol Auzi UT Z D13 33-8 region. Just what does this new subspecies of pod look like? We don't know, because he hasn't posted any pictures. It's 21,000 light years away, and despite our express instructions, Commander Beetlejude completely failed to fly out to investigate and wasted a time drawing a space cat and a crashed anaconda. One in the eye for the Cyclops. The Anti-Zeno Initiative Time Trial. The Eye of the Odyssey was concluded and the winners have been announced. The initiative was designed to give new pilots their first chance to taste the blood of a Thargoid, requiring them to drop into a Threat 5 non-human signal source, collect a Cyclops tissue sample, defeat the Cyclops in battle and collect its heart, and then collect a meta-alloy from a barnacle side, all against the clock. Gibbing! or jibbing, which means using a very powerful ship against the Thargoid to prevent it from recovering health during the fight was not permitted, nor was ramming a barnacle spike at high speed. But otherwise, anything went. The winner was Commander Aranion Ross Stormage in a crate phantom. He took just three seconds longer than eight minutes to complete the tasks. The two runners-up, Commander Orod Ruin and Commander Hyper Recursive, weren't much slower. 
Had a great time was had by all, all except the Cyclopses. They, they didn't have a good time. They, they were in turn sad and then confused. Uh, and then they were dead. Commander Aranion Rostormage wins an Odyssey landing and walking about permit, which he hopes he'll be able to use later on in the year. The Thargoids at Home With all the Thargoid damage stations repaired last week, with the Buckyball Racing Club preparing to defile the inner sanctum of Thargoid surface bases, and with the anti-Zeno initiative ripping apart stray Cyclopses, or should that be Cyclopes, you might be wondering, where is the Thargoid invasion fleet? Well, with the mycoid vaccination rollout not going quite to plan, the Thargoids have been confined to their homes, and unless their work is deemed essential, which conquering humanity apparently isn't. <laughs> They've been confined to homeschooling the scouts on the history of the Jameson invasion and doing exercises along to Tharg Wicks. Stretch that mandible! Two, three. <laughs> Thargoid healers have been hard at work patching up the Orthrus interceptors and Tharg the Mighty has been working on some really, really complex swarm formations. He thinks he might be able to use them to get a record score in Beat Saber. When they come back, they'll come back hard. But they'll be wearing face masks. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We've got news you haven't. Any questions? Thank you, Commander Beeljude. A superb one-woman show. For those of you who've not been able to sleep because you can't wait to hear what happens next in the Arcanon saga, and in case by a slim chance that doesn't include everyone. Also for the rest of you, we're letting the fates decide if we play the next part of the Arcanon saga or go straight into Flossie. <clears throat> and you know what I mean. Tales. Uh, sorry, it's heads. I decided it was about time to find this doctor and his assistant. News reports were coming in that they'd been recovered and returned to the doctor's lab at Verati. I packed my tinfoil hat and a pack of biscuits and headed that way. Oh, Detective Shaw. Come in, come in. Pleasure to meet you, Doctor. It is, yes. I understand you were worried about Miss Featherston. We had a small incident after her ASP lost pressure, but we have valuable data from the artifacts now. I suspect someone is trying to prevent us finding out more. A spy? Maybe. Miss Featherston, could you inform the detective about the facts so far? Certainly, Doctor. Months ago, a few unknown artifacts were found in space. Strange-looking things broadcasting signals. These are the signals you've been decoding? Yes, Mr. Shaw. Call me Dick, doll. You can call me Miss Featherstone. Anyway, the doctor assembled a council of the finest brains in occupied space to find these artifacts. They used to be so rare, Mr. Shaw. Dick... You said. 
they corrode the ships that collect them. That's how my ASP lost pressure. We used to find them under heavy guard, but now they're all over the place. A bit like the doctor's notes. You said the artifacts pointed somewhere. And the signal, it showed you a picture? Yes, Mr. Shaw. Dick. Indeed. Anyway, the artifacts changed. They started pointing to the Pleiades Nebula, and instead of broadcasting their current location, they started scanning and broadcasting simple images of large objects nearby. Like Miss Featherston's asp? Yes, or my python. Now there is a giant sphere where those artifacts can be found, like a huge bubble. Let me get this straight, lady. Miss Featherstone. Strange artifacts turn up with weird signals. A council of guys and gals in tinfoil hats decode the signals, which appear to be broadcasting data. All of them point to Merope in the Pleiades Nebula, just at the time that humanity is expanding to just that point in space. That's the size of it, Mr. Shaw. Dick. Not now, Mr. Shaw. This is not the time for that. Anyway, we suspect that someone is trying to prevent us from finding out the truth. We need you to get to the bottom of it. I looked around the lab. There were notes everywhere and piles of tinfoil. Crumbs covered the desk in front of the doctor. At last, a job. One question, doctor. Your lab seems a little empty. Is this where you decode the signals? Oh, Mr. Shaw, Dick, the doctor sold all his computers. Why, Miss Featherston? The new station in the Pleiades Nebula needed computers. So, the computers with all of the data on them are now being sent to the center of this bubble. The council insisted, but we have the greatest computer ever invented. The grey matter inside our heads. And we have a new delivery. Tiat, bring in the delivery. Yes, Doctor. Right away, Doctor. There you go, Doctor. Would you like me to bust it open? There are some words on the case. They're hard to read, but I think it says artifact on the side. Fascinating. These must be the remnants from inside one of the artifacts. A strange collection of beige boxes. Miss Featherston, this first one, can you connect to a power source, please? It looks like some kind of data terminal. Certainly, Doctor. Now stand back as we throw the switch. Heavens, Doctor, look! It's a vector graphic of a cobra, and there's a signal. This dame might be smarter than she sounded. I was happy to let her take the lead on this one. I had my notebook in hand, keeping tabs on what was going on. This second box... Miss Featherston, the one you're holding. Maybe they talk to one another. Turn it on!
communicating with something, Doctor. Whilst they were fiddling with Miss Featherston's box, I thought I'd look at the case they came in. Sturdy looking, but scored, as if it had overheated. I rubbed. Doctor, I think there's something wrong here. This box says, ancient artifact. That would explain it. These are antiques. But the signals... It can't be a coincidence. I must talk to the council. The doctor dashed out of his office, trailing no paper and biscuit crumbs as he went. I adjusted my tinfoil hat and snatched a glance at Miss Featherstone. Her boss was clearly insane, but maybe, just maybe, there was something to all of this. If nothing else, she needed some protection. I decided to go and investigate these Pleiades and probe Miss Featherston for more information. Go on, Flossie. Let me have a go at reading the CG news. You get to do it every week. Tell you what, we'll toss a coin for it. Tails! Not fair! It's Flossie It's Flossie It's Flossie It's Flossie Hello, Flossie here with this week's CG News. I get to read it. <laughs> uh, there was no CG last week. Instead, there was this other thing going on. I didn't really take a lot of notice what it was. Anyway, this week we have a new CG, which is Enhanced Missile Rack Initiative, which is mining. The engineer, Liz Ryder, has requested mined materials to help make a previously unique ship module widely available. The module is a fully engineered, lightweight and high capacity Class 2 Seeker missile rack with thermal cascade. It was offered in October 3306 to pilots who helped defend the Uri biosystem from Imperial forces. At the time, the Empire suspected Liz Ryder of supplying weapons to the NMLA terrorist group. Ms. Ryder has announced that her aim is to make this specially modified weapon available for purchase at all human technology brokers. To support the initiative, shipments of bromelite, lithium hydroxide, osmium and samarium can be delivered to the Aurea Flurable Starport in the Uri Biosystem. HT reached will further reduce the resources required for acquiring the module in the first two weeks of availability starting on the 12th of February. Porto Light Alloys Base Requirement 16 reduced by 2 for each tier above Tier 1. Conductive Ceramics Base Requirements 24 reduced by 4 for each tier above Tier 1. Hybrid Capacitors Base Requirements 26 reduced by 4 for each tier above Tier 1. Phosphorus Base Requirements 28 reduced by 4 for each tier above Tier 1. 
and osmium base requirements 10 reduced by 1 for each tier above tier 1. If the initiative is successful, Lizrider will gift the module to the top 75% of pilots. The module will be placed in storage at the Aurea Flowable Starport in the Uri Bayer system by the 12th of February 3307. To be eligible for rewards, you must sign up as an active participant before handing in bromelite, lithium hydroxide, osmium and samarium at the Aurea Flowable Starport in the Uri Bayer system. Following some confusion, Paul Crow, the community manager, posted some important information a little while ago. Today we launched the first mining community goal since the release of fleet carriers and we're happy to see you as excited to take part as we are. We've noticed some confusion regarding the mechanics of the goal which we'd like to address so you can get back to earning that fantastic reward. First of all, purchasing materials from fleet carriers. The latest community goal is a mining community goal, which means your materials need to be mined in order to count. If you purchase these materials from a fleet carrier, then it will not contribute. Though apparently if you do use a fleet carrier for your own mined materials, they will be okay. Uh, the tech broker reward. The reward for this week's goal works differently to how you may expect. Rather than unlocking the item in outfitting, you directly purchase the module with the mined resources. You can get two by obtaining double the resources. We hope this helps you in completing the goal and earning your unique missile rack. And that's it for this week's CG News. Blast, we told you what to do. Thank you, Flossie. I was following all of those calculations perfectly well until I ran out of digits. I got up as far as 20 and a half. Oh, well. Hey, uh, Mia, I haven't done the sports report in ages. Give us a go. Coin? This one? I'm sure there's something about it. Um, Tails? Oh, well, I'm sure you'll make a decent fist of it. I wanted tails. Oh well, suppose I better get on with it. Welcome to this week's Hutton Sports Report. The Hutton Sports Report is sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third-party resource to come with a free worst-case scenario survival handbook in the glove compartment. This week's events are the Please Help Galactic Rally, the I'm Stuck in a Room Cargo Delivery Challenge, the With Only a Teletype Machine Mission Runner Cup, the Send Someone Quick, Bounty Hunter Bonanza, the Bollocks Have Caught Me, Cage Fight Battle, and the Please No, Not The Face, Ah, Passenger Relay. The Please Help Galactic Rally ended in victory for newcomer Shadowsock today. The I'm Stuck In A Room Cargo Delivery Challenge saw Commander Chicks streak ahead to victory. The With Only A Teletype Machine Mission Runner Cup was postponed after one of the competitors mysteriously went missing. The Send Someone Quick, Bounty Hunter Bonanza, shows another victorious week for Alex Zuno. The Bollocks Have Caught Me, Cage Fight Battle, ended in a win for Shatter Mage. It's a good first showing too for Ace McCool to take first place in the Please No, Not The Face, Ah! Passenger Relay. 
And so we move on to the classified results. Never pay the ransom. Stockholm Syndrome counts as double. And don't ask if your heating is on if you're chained to a radiator. The results are... Shadow Sock, 68. Zebedian, 60. Chicks, 82. Light, 027, 73. Chicks, 826. Okayam, 373. Alex Uno, 1247. Attic 2, 247. Shatter Mage, 250. Iron Beagle, 184. Ace McCool, 1420. Trinchman Kimru, 732. Glenbuck Cherry Pickers, 1. Fuckabers, 4. Third Lanark, 3. Solway Star, 6. VMS Athletic, 2. George Pantazzi's Rovers, 1. Decals this week go to Ace McCool and uh, Shadow Sock. Please email itookpart at huttonorbital.com and arrange to collect your Hutton decal kit, which this week consists of a Hutton Orbital fancy dress costume and a paint gun. Right, there were six Hutton runs this week with no one getting close to that record held by Commander Hardy. One hour, 22 minutes and 20 seconds. Looks like all of the speedrunners are having a wee rest this week. Could you do better than this week's winners? Can you blast your way through the combat zones while simultaneously pouring yourself a zero-G coffee? Are you the type of commander who flies back from Hutton to Alpha Centauri and Super Cruise because you fancy a Twix from Alvin Prospect? Then go to hot.forthemug.com and download or sign up for the Hutton Helper and show them how a living legend does things. Let's face it, anything has to be better than sitting in a dark room, tied to a chair and hoping that teletype message gets through to someone who can be asked to come and rescue you. That's it for this week. Back to Studio 5. It's time for the Garnet Food Digest this week and in the spirit of adventure we've shown throughout the show Amelia has graciously allowed Fate to decide if she's reading it this week or if it's time for a newer model. Oh alright, it's not a newer model but one with better upholstery that's enjoyed plenty of stuffing in its time and why shouldn't I get a chance to eat some of this stuff? Okay, Tails. Ah, oh, bad luck, Flossie. It's heads again. But I really don't mind if you want to read it. Nay, no, lass. I win fair and square or not at all. That's the Huddersfield Code. If you're sure. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawke reporting for the Gullnet Food Digest. I try the galaxy's most rare and dangerous foods, so you don't have to. This week, in an effort to show that rare foods can be beautiful as well as tasty, we've taken a trip to the Utgaror system, home to only two planets. The first, Hamlet, is straight out of prehistory, 
It's an Earth-like world with a huge amount of volcanic activity along the tectonic plates. Gravity is almost identical to that on Earth, though. The surface pressure is significantly higher. Here, the animal life is straight out of prehistory, something from the pages of the Lost World. Giant flying reptiles leap from the peaks. Solid, heavy-limbed monsters roam the plains and forests, grazing on plant life, um, or each other. Dotted here and there, smaller mammals scurry about, hiding from toothy predators. It isn't the animal life that's directly the source of the rare item here, but a property of the volcanic soils. Xenoarchaeologists and geologists studying the prehistoric planet made a startling discovery on the slopes of a number of dormant volcanoes. Nests of dinosaur eggs that have been buried just below the surface. Surprisingly, for those that are used to the usual pale egg colours, these were vibrant purple, sometimes veined with streaks. And unlike the fossilised rock-like variety found on Earth, able to be cracked open. Inside, they discovered that the eggs had formed a transparent gel surrounding the bright yellow yolk. The gel is firm, almost rubbery, but the eggs, once cracked open, are stunningly beautiful. The purple shell with the yolk sitting in is a translucent gel, like, like a gemstone. Eggs that haven't been buried in the volcanic slopes are much the same as you'd expect. Pale, runny, unsuitable for turning into a giant dino omelette, or for dunking whole baguettes in after being soft-boiled. The soil here is highly alkaline and rich in minerals, and the eggs once buried, and over sometimes years, undergo a chemical change. The alkaline soil impregnates the shell with the minerals and gives them their purple hue. And the combination of the temperature and the chemicals affects the proteins in the egg, jellifying the white. It is a perfect method of preservation. And there are eggs reported to be over a thousand years old, still perfectly edible and utterly beautiful. Flavour-wise, once extracted from their shells, the flavour is out of this world. The chemical changes give the egg a bittersweet flavour, the kind of aftertaste you get from burnt caramel or dark chocolate. Crack when open in the jelly exterior with the rich yolk is a delicacy that is virtually unsurpassed as a dessert. Of course, a Galnet Food Digest wouldn't be the same without the danger. And these eggs are no different to many of the other foods we've tried. Nothing is going to eat your brain. It's, it's not going to drain your blood or poison you. However, if you're ever served an Utgaror Millennial Egg, make sure there are no shards of the shell in it. And whatever you do, don't pick one up with your hand. The shell is heavily alkaline and behaves like a lie. It will burn you like little else in the galaxy. It's one thing to get that on your skin, but an entirely different matter if you try to eat it. Then there's the matter of where the eggs come from. Yes, it's entirely possible to bring your own and bury it for a few months before digging it back up again. But for the originals, they are laid by creatures that will do more than look at you sideways if you disturb even a buried nest. There will be roaring, and screaming, and chasing, and most probably chewing in your very near future. Your handheld small arms won't even make a dent in an angry tyrannosaur. They're rare. 
as finding a buried specimen that hasn't been hard-boiled by a volcano or entombed deep below the surface is hard. But if you can get one, get someone with thick, thick gloves to shell it for you, and then serve with a nice glass of port, and you'll have a feast for both the eyes and the taste buds. I'm Amelia Hawke, reporting for the Galnet Food Digest. Uh, and I've just noticed that the glass of water I've got on my desk here has ripples in it. I'm staying perfectly still, as I've told their eyesight is based on movement. I'm looking forward to some prey flocking off in that way and becoming its dinner, so I don't have to. Thank you very much, Amelia. Wow. I mean, wow. that sounds like a, I mean, a scary place. It's the lost world. It is Jurassic. You know, it, it, you know, dangerous looking toothy creatures chasing you while you try and nick their eggs. Like, well, I, 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 that's, a, that's a bit like bingo, isn't it? You know, you know, Jurassic Park was wrong. It should have been called Cretaceous Park. But, uh, yeah, yeah. And, but people get the idea, you know, big <laughs> lizardy things that look at you as a bit of a snack, you know? Yeah. Well, what is it that's said in that? You know, nature always finds a way or something like that? Apparently. That apparently Dr. So. Dr. Malcolm, was it? Dr. Ian yeah. Malcolm? Dr. Ian Malcolm, yeah. Also a good friend of the Pilots' Federation. Um, I think he can be found on, what is it, one of the Dastardly Don's um, experimental worlds, you know, a Jurassic World or <laughs> Planet Coaster or something. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, that sounds purple eggs. Purple, vibrant purple. I mean, it's like those ones you must have made as a kid, you know, you paint them at Easter and hollow them out and just a bit bigger. But you don't want to touch yeah. these ones. I mean, they are, when we say they're caustic, though, they are... Highly, highly yeah. alkaline. I mean, alkaline soil soaks into the eggs. And yes, you touch this thing and you're going to hear a hiss noise after a bit and then you won't have many fingerprints left. God, God knows what would happen if you try if you got some in your mouth or swallowed. No, some. no, you, you just want the insides. You, you don't want the yeah. Yes. You don't want the shell. No, <clears throat> that's that's dangerous looking stuff. But that flavour, the bittersweet. I mean, it sort of turns it into sort of like a chocolatey, caramelly flavoured, but clear jelly on the outside. I mean, that must be, you know, yes, it doesn't like taste like jelly. it looks. Yeah, it doesn't taste like it looks at all. It looks like it ought to have a very clean, plain flavour, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, have you ever had um, the Earth Delicacy millenn Millennium Eggs or, or Century Eggs? Sorry. Oh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm aware of them. I, I haven't I haven't tried them. No. A, a similar process where the fermentation happens, where it jellifies the white of the egg. And, yes, yeah. Um, it's a Chinese, um, or or is it Korean? I can't remember if it's Chinese. Or it's an Eastern, Chinese. certainly an Eastern delicacy. Yes. Yeah, and um, Millennium yes. Eggs are exactly the same, just with an enormous sense of entitlement. <laughs> yes. Millennial eggs, yes. Okay, Boomer. Isn't that what we're supposed to say at that point? <laughs> yeah, Boomer. Yeah, okay, Boomer. Well, look, it, we're coming towards coming towards the end of the show, and uh, yeah, as I said, apologies. It's not my place to apologise. It's the apologies officer's job to apologise. So, it's apology officer, make an apology for me, would you, please? <laughs> Before I stick my foot are, in my mouth again. We are very, very sorry for all of the mishaps, all of the misbroadcasts, all of the non-broadcasts, and all of the nonsense which has happened this evening's hot news.
And and uh, yeah, <clears throat> thank you very much. Well, we could play that every week. Yeah, we just I ought to have that on. A <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I made sure. Well, I do have a, I do have a button that's marked um, a marked apology officer. Let's see, let's see what it says this time. It Try that be. one. Yeah. This is an urgent staff announcement. Trumbull Control Officer to budget clones for you in the lower rotunda. It's a bad one, Brenda. <laughs> Brenda. <laughs> Brenda sounds like Brenda's in in big trouble. I don't think it's Brenda that's in big trouble. She's she's the Trumbull Control Officer. Whatever's happened between the Trumbulls and the clones, that's bad. Oh, is the Han- Hankies escaped again? Um, we, we didn't mention it earlier. I think the the talking of that, the hot bus is making a trip to Colonia sometime. Do we mention that? The hot bus is off to Colonia nope. again from Hutton Space. Nope. It, yeah. It's um, I'd, let, let me let me just look it up. But it is leaving relatively shortly in the next few days. Let's have a quick glance. Uh, Discord channel FC Hot Bus. Official fleet carrier bubbled to Colonia bus. With the retirement of the Cloud Atlas, the Forksake Hanky is acting as a replacement bus service until further notice. The fleet carrier Forksake Hanky is at Wolf 124 and taking on passengers to Eol Procol Centauri in Colonia. 7am on Saturday the 6th of February. That's this Saturday. It will be returning on the 8th of February. Two days later. Estimated arrival time will be approximately midnight UTC. All aboard. Facilities include shipyard, outfitting lounge, bar, canteen, gift shop, gym, another canteen, restaurant, takeaway and delivery service. Any donations of low-temperature diamonds, tritium and void opals are greatly appreciated. Please donate on arrival uh, as I've got a fully loaded carrier at the minute. So yes, when we get to the destination, please do offload any gifts for the pilot. But that's leaving on Saturday at early o'clock in the morning if you want to go to Colonia. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, the Hutton Frog got me. So uh, there have been an awful lot of. Uh, do, do, do we need to? Do we need to mention the the coin thing? Well, well Steve. Com- Steve just left a comment. He said, "If they don't get it, they don't deserve to know." Who's? Uh, uh, We've got one of maintenance guys in the there. studio here bashing the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Would you leave that microphone alone? The poor thing. It's going to. It's going to explode. The thing is, I didn't get it at first. You had to explain it to me. You have to explain it to me. I'm the clue. I think you yeah. had to explain it to Steve as well. <laughs> you, had to explain it, you had to explain it to me twice. <laughs> well, well, are we, are we gonna, should, Commander Palantir, should we do that now? But I know you've got a couple more words to say, or should we do it after the couple yeah. of words? What do you no, because we'll, no, we'll go straight out after, straight after, after the right, words. Right, okay. So, so when, when Commander Palantir and I were sort of researching where we were going to send Amelia this week, we, we looked at the Utgaror system, and the Utgaror system's first planet is called... Hamlet. 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 Othello. <laughs> and it just so happens that Commander Palantir and my favourite play isn't Hamlet. Ah. There you go. That's the explanation. But it's no. very similar. No, but it is very similar. It's a, it's a play called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are Dead, which is set in the story of Hamlet, written by Tom Stoppard, uh, about Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, two of the characters, and, and they're stuck in the story. And throughout the play, they are flipping a coin, which keeps coming up heads. Until, of course, the story moves on at the end when they're sent on a boat back to England and we won't spoil it if you've never read Hamlet. But suffice to say, it does not end well. It is a tragedy. Probably kind of well. Yeah, we're probably, we're, probably, we're probably a bit late for spoiler alerts, you know? It's a yeah, tra- well, tragedy. Everybody, everybody dies. <laughs> everybody's dead. I think that's a, that's a core theme of Hamlet, is that everybody they're dies. They're dead, Dave. Yeah, well, that was everybody's dead, Dave. Everybody's dead, Dave. Everybody's dead, Dave. Everybody's they're dead, dead, Dave. Dave. Yes. Even Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, they're, they're dead, Dave. I know. Yeah. What? Even Hamlet? He's dead, Dave. He's dead, Dave. Dead, Dave. Yeah. 
Well, they're, nine, they're nine of the eleven, uh, yeah, nine of the eleven central characters die. So King Hamlet, Polonius, Ophelia, Rosencrantz, Guildenstern, Laertes, Gertrude, Claudius, Prince Hamlet, all dead. But nine of how many? Nine of the eleven central characters are dead. How many? Eleven. Now you know what it feels like. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven. Yeah. Um, is it only, only Horatio and young Fortin Brast do not die. Anyway, so we just thought, oh, well, we might as well just chuck in some Hamlet this week. And you may have noticed during Dead Meat GF's bit, he did manage the speech, didn't you? The monologue? I did a tiny bit of it, yeah. Yep. He says with his mouth full. <laughs> of pizza. I'm scoffing pizza. Alas, poor pizza. Full. Yes. I knew it well. Yes, I must admit, I did recognise that bit. What the, the sound of chomping pizza? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yes, the story. And by the way, if anybody hasn't um, seen Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, it was done as a movie back all oh, about twenty blah, years ago, twenty five years ago, with um, what, so Tim last month? thirty years ago, thirty years ago. Mm. Tim Roth and Gary Oldman uh, yeah. very early on in their careers starred in it, and it is well worth a watch if you enjoy a bit of the kind of wordplay we have here on the show because we just steal everything on the show. You borrow my DVD if you want. You know. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit. We were hoping Lithobreaker would get it. No, not Kachansky. Kachansky's not dead. Lithobreaker. Yes, she is. Well, she will be in the future. No, she is. She's dead as well. She get killed by the rest of them. No, but they're, all, not in the they're f- all dead. She's not in, not in the other not in the other uh, reality. Yeah, but in the reality that we're living in. You don't live in the same reality as the rest of us. <laughs> no, exactly. I, I've lost. I've lost touch with reality entirely. Totally lost me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kachansky's um, dead, Dave. They're all dead, Dave. They're all they're all dead, Dave. What? All what? dead, Dave. Yeah. Um, you can well, uh, drive with it. <laughs> dear. Well, thank you very much to the entire radio team for this evening. Thank you very much. Um, I'm going to hand over the Palantir in a second to, to the to the Palantir, and uh, thank you very much to Amelia for another delicious sounding Galnet Food Digest. Thank you to the Apology Officer for the Obscure Sports and our two new Hutton Decal winners. We are looking at some new fun competitions, aren't we? We, we had a good chat about those. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thinking of new and interesting ways to, to make up <coughs> stuff during the sports section. We're, we're sort of getting there. I think the status is we've worked out what won't work. It was a good start. Well, it's always, it's always um, a good win. Knowing what you don't know. No, what is it? Oh, I can't remember that quote. But no, we're coming up with something, and obviously we, we, we are working on it so that we, we get to change that one about a little bit, but um, we're going to keep working on that one and coming up with cunning plans. New and interesting ways to give away Hutton decals, I think, is the the way of it, isn't it? That's something, the plan. something like that, yeah. Yep. Um, thank you very much to Commander Deadmeat GF, who's got his finger on the pulse of Hutton systems. Huzzah! And of course, 50%. nobody's going to... Yeah, no, 50%, just 50. 50 is all you need to know. And uh, obviously to uh, what was what was a guest, but now seems to be part of the furniture. Uh, Commander Chicks, very welcome. Sorry, I was uh, I was reading something. Gilbert and Sullivan. It's only because he sat on Book's chair and it's still sticky. Oh, no, is that what that is? No, no, it's a piece oh, of furniture. Well, it's a small commode in the corner. You know. I thought oh, all the chairs were like that. Commander Chick, yes. But, uh, <laughs> all the chairs are like that. <laughs> we're we're going to need no, some it? more expiration tips sometime soon as well, Commander Chicks. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we might have to send you out as our roving reporter to find out about all these new life form entities that have been discovered as our resident uh, exploration expert. Uh, okay, okay. That maybe, sounds... maybe for next week, we have to set you a mission to find out what on earth that's all about. On it, on it. 
I mean, obviously, you don't have to go and see. You might just have to send, you know, Commander Fosdyke and his long, long, long lens to go and take pictures for you or something. Never ask anybody else to do something you're not going to do. You not prepared to do yourself. <laughs> oh, or some bother. some crap yes. like that. Always ask someone to do something you're not prepared to do yourself. Self, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's the only way it'll get done. <laughs> but isn't that the capitalist society? That's how it works. Yes. yes. A bit like me this evening with, oh my goodness, I forgot the ticker tape thing. Help, help, somebody push the ticker tape button. Anyway, um, so, Harry, what are you doing? A lesser man might be moved to re-examine his faith in the law of probability. The scientific approach to the examination of phenomena is defence against the emotion of fear. Every coin has come down head so far tonight, and that's just ridiculous. I've got this short piece of wood, and I have two, count them, two coins. It's an old Australian game that I have actually played um, called Two Up in the Bush. <laughs> stop that, dead meat, stop it. I have played <laughs> Two Up in the Bush, all right? <laughs> I flipped them up in the air and... Oh, shit. Who turned off the gravity? Someone get those coins back before they get into the ventilation system. Oh, oh Harry. And on that note... For the mug! For the mug. For the mug! For the mug! For the mug! mug. Journey too long, or cargo too small. Profit margins never really mattered at all. We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We're taking anything, anytime, anywhere. Loading all the teen out to the brim with the rest for the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Yeah, you know just where we're coming from. For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Yeah, everybody's singing a trucker song. Flossy always seems to crash into the sun Skibble likes to pile it on the Xbox One Helping out the free, you know he leads us well Truck across the galaxy, now everybody yell For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more Yeah, you know just where we're coming from for the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Everybody's singing a trucker song. For the more, for the more, for the more. You know just where we're coming from. For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Everybody's singing a trucker song.
Give me a large pipe that I can land on And I'll give you cargo and sing you my song No point twenty-two light years to go Cruising to work, Very, very sorry for all of the mishaps, all of the misbroadcasts, all of the non-broadcasts, and all of the nonsense which has happened this evening's hot news. Well, thank you very much. That was excellent. I'm Mr. Dusty. Give me your trash. And having had an insulting virus added to his injury, special what effects the heck's happening always now? smiling ambassador has, after some months finally managed to escape Nerth Wyeth's clutches and crutches and tomorrow morning will finally be heading home to his home station with Ali, his co-pilot. I'm sorry, Flossie. Yeah, because it was dead air. Sorry, we're going to interrupt now. Because it was completely dead air and we couldn't work out the video, Flossie, I had to move on. Because you couldn't hear the end of the video. Right, let's... talking, so... Okay. Um, apologies, listener. Right, let's start one again. Let's do a clang. Hang on a second. Where's a clang? Yes, at the end of that one went completely pear-shaped, and I'm going to have to fix it in the edit. But, um, yeah, we didn't have Flossie's last sentence because because we couldn't see the end of the video here in the studio. But you could hear it on the Switch, but you couldn't hear it on the radio station. So we moved along. Anyway, should we start that one again? Hang on a second. Let's do another clang. Give Flossie's last line for later. Oh, go on, Flossie. Do, uh, yeah, go on then. Do the last line for later. I'm going to have to turn that bong off. Hang on. Yep, right, go ahead. There we go. Well, well, that's the start of the Mega Gin Ramble. Absolutely seamless. Yeah, paging the apology officer. Yeah, ap- apologies there. Obviously, um, yeah, we did do testing, you know, earlier in the day, and we pushed the magic button, and the sound came out, and it all went wibbly, and we recorded it, and then we came live without having touched a thing other than go, and um, yeah, it all it all went a bit pear shaped there. So, um, yeah, we've had to change radio transmitters this week because of some changes to the way we broadcast to Twitch and the radio station. We were actually having to run two transmitters rather than one, and it looks like number two transmitter was um, misbehaving itself a bit, which has thrown us completely. But in the edit, for those of you that were listening, uh, are listening on the on the podcast version, it's going to sound absolutely, Amelia, seamless, seamless, seamless. Well, yeah, we're but joined... now we're going to have to edit out that, poli- that apology. Now we're going to have to edit no, out because making... otherwise, in the podcast, I won't know why we're apologising. Yeah, but that's you see, mystery. a professional poli- apology officer wouldn't have made that apology because they'd have known it had to be taken out. 